Hi, and welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to the 10th episode of the podcast. Thank you for being here and thank you so much to everyone that have left beautiful reviews on iTunes. I wanted to read one before introducing this week's guest. So one of the most beautiful reviews I've received uh, says, I have just started my self-healing, self-finding journey. I love this podcast and how she makes the information easy to understand and to connect to. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you so much for your words. I'm super grateful and I'm really grateful for all of you. And if you do like the podcast and the episodes, please leave a review. I always draw oracle cards for those who leave reviews. And this week's episode is so beautiful. I have the High Priestess Ishtara Rose with me. She's the High Priestess of the Magdalene and of the Rose lineage. And we have a beautiful conversation regarding Mary Magdalene and uh, the energy that surrounds her. And Ishtara is also a Kundalini Yoga teacher and she has a beautiful Magdalene Rose Priestess training that she talks about and she just covers everything around Mary Magdalene, the goddess. We talk about ley lines and different goddesses and healing. So I think this podcast was so beautiful and I hope that it helps you on your spiritual journey. So just enjoy. Hi, Ishtara. Hi, hello. <laughs> Hi, so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for joining this it's conversation. Wonderful. Lovely, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so excited. Uh, I would like to start by asking you how you stay mindful and present. Uh, okay, so um, I find this a really interesting question at this moment in time when so many people are so busy. And I think, you know, with the digital age, everything's speeded up. <clears throat> so people are on fast forward with so much to do and complete within a day. Um, so the way I do it is um, I make sure I have days just for myself. I actually schedule them into my diary where I'm not giving to anyone but myself and I block them out. And on those days I make no plans <laughs> and I have time just for myself, just to be with myself. Um, but then in my everyday time when I'm running around as well, doing things, I try and um, bring space and presence into everything I do because I think the spiritual path is the path of the householder, which is the path of... Um, dedicating everything you do to your spiritual journey. Mm. 
So when you're sitting in a traffic jam or washing the dishes or pinging off an email, that is part of your spiritual practice. Mm. Yeah. So it's getting a balance, I think, of of um, bringing it into the everyday life and then also making time outside of the everyday life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm super happy to have you here. A warm welcome to you. Uh, Thank you. To this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Is the volume all right on my... Um... Yes, yes, it is. Okay, great. Well. Lovely. Okay, yeah. fantastic. And I, I think it would be interesting for the listeners to know more about yourself and what you do to start with. Yeah, so I'm a high priestess of the Magdalene. Um, and I'm also a Kundalini yoga teacher. Um, on the spiritual path all my life. I'm now in my mid forties. Um, and I, I didn't, I mean, I'm a psychic medium, but I didn't really practice it. Uh, well, I've practiced it all my life and, you know, in some ways, but my main career was in other things. I was a designer and I worked in fashion. And then it was about, um, three years ago I gave all that up to fully focus on the Magdalene path um, so I train women to be Magdalene priestesses and um, so that's the main part of what I do and then I also I mean I do have men as well in the group the occasional man comes to me it's mainly women um, and then I also, um, I just dedicated myself to be a channel for Mary Magdalene and that comes in many different forms. You know, she wants me to do different things. So I've written books, I make audios, I do, um, my unique thing really is light transmissions where I bring the energy through audios um, and speaking certain sounds to transmit um, energy waves through um, but it works a bit like Reiki through my voice, um, which act as healing codes for people who listen. So I, I love doing those. Um, so I do a range of different things. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I'm actually curious how you, uh, got into this path, like how, what led you to this? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Um, I was always on, I, I mean, as a child, I was super sensitive. I'm an empath and, um, I used to have dreams and visions and, um, and then, um, so I was always sort of led to the arts and, um, working with dreams and so on. And then in my twenties, I sort of developed that more. And so, I did a lot of practice with shamanism and um, I had a messy time in my late teens where I was, it was the early nineties rave culture. So I was a part of that. Um, but that was, that was quite informative as well. So, um, and um, so I built up this artistic career in fashion and design whilst working alongside my private practice. I joined mystery schools and I had Reiki initiations and so, but I was doing it all privately um, for myself, really, mm. for my own journey. And then um, I think my first big rose awakening came when I gave birth to my first child, which was 12 years ago, mm. 13 years ago, actually. And um, uh, I, I mean, I was on a spiritual path, so I aimed to have a spiritual birth. Um, and then in that birth, 
I was living in a very remote place on the Mary line. Mm. And um, I'd been working a lot with roses and eggs and um, I'd worked for Gifford Circus for a few years. So I was mm. um, practicing mime and magic and working with uh, colours of whites and reds and working with illusion and eggs and roses. So these themes were all happening anyway. And then in the birth, I just had such a beautiful um, trance experience. Mm. Um, and which I'd sort of created to happen. It wasn't a magic thing. I'd worked hard at, uh, meditating daily, you know, to create, um, that space and my birth partner, the father of my children was amazing in the birth space as well, just protecting my space. So, um, and then, so I think that was my first big rose awakening. And then I went on and had another baby and that sort of where I went deeper with it and wrote a book. Um, and then after that, that sort of led me down the, the Mary path. And I spent a lot of time in Italy and France and in all these sacred places associated with the Mary line and the rose. Mm. Um, and then, um, I, um, read a book, um, it was the Trisha McCannon book, um, about the divine feminine and it just really spoke to me and I knew I had to um do a priestess course when I read the book so mm. I found this amazing teacher Margaret Hunt from Waterlily Temple mm. and she's just incredible because she's very quiet and very um genuine and very deep mm. and solid and um she really takes you on a very deep inner journey with yourself it's very empowering um so during that process I um had so much come in visions dreams uh messages from mary magdalene and so and that was the moment nothing was ever the same you know mm. i launched way of the rose and before i knew it um it just taken off people were contacting me and and it just had its own momentum and i feel like i'm just a channel really i'm not it's not really mine i'm just a, a vessel and it's just flowing through me and the people who come to me are just connecting to themselves and to Mary Magdalene through, you know, through me. But mm. I'm almost like, it's just, it's, it's like I have no control over it. It's just happening. It's really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel we've been in touch for a while now and uh, I've been feeling the same way as you did when you, when you started getting into that path. So I can recognize a lot of the things and it just comes to you like if you open up uh your guides will will lead you to the right path that you're supposed yeah. to be on and yeah some things really sometimes it takes time to find which there's there's a lot of things out there that you can try and, and get into but then when you find that that clear path it's it's very it's like a knowing that that's the right path to take exactly yeah you just know and yeah lots of synchronicities will happen and yeah yeah you just know you're on the right tracks yeah exactly yeah. and the synchronicities yeah. are uh, are more easy to to discover and to see when you are mindful so first of all i think it takes really deep inner practice like the first thing we do is to practice within ourselves and to know ourselves and to also 
peel the old layers of ourselves that we thought that we are and and go down to that underworld first <laughs> i think that's a absolutely most of us yeah, have yeah. done that and, yeah and then i think the way that you also describe it it's like it starts with the consciousness of the divine feminine and the goddess like that when that consciousness opens up then something huge happens and it takes a lot of self-healing and healing now in the now but also healing past lives and understanding what brought us here and what wounds we're we're trying to heal and what what we need to work with and just remembering and and take like claiming that that uh, force and power within us that has been uh, uh, maybe suppressed or forgotten uh, in the shape of the divine feminine energy yeah that's so true so true so it always starts with going within yeah yeah and yeah and what you say about healing um the traumas within emotional mm. pain we all have it wherever we are on the path with they're just layers and layers mm. and um so yeah the magdalene path any path really is spiritual path is about going delving into that because you have to go through that yeah. absolutely to get to the um liberation of it so exactly. it's a constant clearing we're constantly clearing and dealing with um our own wounds yeah. and ourselves yeah and yeah and it's i think the the misconception is that when we find some type of like an awakening uh, that that's it and then we we live like in bliss our the rest of our lives but that's not how life is created exactly exactly we're so yeah. cyclical and we need to go through the ups and downs all the time and the circle of this like wounding healing like recovering and then the deeper you go also you find more things that you need to work with and new new challenges but it's so beautiful when you have the uh, when you start getting that connection and trust into and, and and also the knowing that you are guided and that you everything is there for a reason yeah yeah that's so true yeah and absolutely and they yeah, can really on. reassure us i think like like i've mentioned before it's it's so beautiful when we do get in touch with uh guides and also with these for example mary magdalene which when she starts showing up it's like everywhere and and it's the messages are so beautiful you start feeling that um th that deeper sense of something like your purpose maybe you've known that there there is a deep purpose that you're going to do something that is beneficial for the earth for other human beings for yourself for everything and that i think uh, a common sense is also that you want to devote yourself to something higher than yours absolutely yeah, yeah definitely and i think when you have an awakening you so you don't you don't have you're not going into the false um spirituality that we were conditioned uh well were programmed into in the sort of 80s and 90s we had, we were given this false sense of once you're spiritual everything's all beautiful and lovely and mm. spiritual people are all happy peace and love and don't have any negative emotions you mm. know that's such a dangerous uh myth yeah because like you say the 
path of spirituality it's about truth and it's about feeling and going within and going into the shadow whilst at the same time uplifting with these beautiful guides and so the other thing that comes with the awakening is although we have to go into our inner our own inner traumas and and wounds that come with the ascension waves and with the full moons it's all our own stuff really we can't you know project it without it's all our own stuff coming up but simultaneously, like like you say, we have this beautiful um, new energy that comes in with an awakening where Magdalena is everywhere, Isis, you know, that whole mm. energy of the rose is everywhere. Yeah. And I think nothing is ever the same again. It's like a, any, any subject you look at has a whole new color to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's incredibly beautiful. So mm. um um, and you have a sense of being guided and um, I, for me, I, my uh, crown chakra feels very light and open and I feel really connected to this, this mm. beautiful light streaming through. Mm. So I've continued on the journey of, of, you know, going into sort of grumpy feelings and negative emotions and, and dealing with those. But simultaneously there's this beautiful light pouring through me that's really um guiding and giving me a deeper purpose mm. and i think that is um true for all of us who who go through the this what we call awakening mm. yeah. yeah it's so true and um yeah I, I think it's interesting to talk about uh different goddesses but also Mary Magdalene, because I think a lot of people don't really know, maybe have heard of her or like she's not mentioned that much if if you compare it to uh, other other uh, like Yeshua or Jesus. And uh, it just if, if you have been into it, like uh, in a ceremony in the church, you never hear about her and her teachings so i think that would be interesting if you want to share because i i assume that you have studied more about her life and who she was and what she did yeah so there are different um beliefs on mary magdalene and who she was mm. um and um so for myself i mean i've done research and i've also uh, come away from the research and mm. found my own truth. And I think she, she, oh, well, no, I think she, she comes to different people in different ways mm. and they're all right. That's my conclusion because we're all different. So we all receive her in different ways. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I think, I feel she's, she's just super important at the moment because she epitomizes everything that most women are going through, mm. <clears throat> which is this, uh, getting in touch with everything that is of the womb, the sacred womb, mm. and remembering who we are. And uh, the womb has been suppressed for thousands of years mm. and disempowered, just like Mary Magdalene really was called a whore. Mm. And now she, um, we were realizing um, that that's not who she was. It was It's a completely false depiction of her within the Bible and that the church gave us that she was the equal to Jesus Christ and uh, equal in terms of his wife as well as his partner in the light. So they worked together and she was just as important as him. Um, and they worked together bringing in this energy to the world, bringing in healing to people. 
So Mary Magdalene was a high priestess of Egyptian lineage. Mm. Um, and she was also part of the same tribe. And it's my understanding related to Jeshua Christ and related to Cleopatra. Mm. Um, and so she has these roots to, um, that link her to a royal family, link them to a royal family that is connected to both Egypt and Persia. And um, there's a religion um, called Mandaism where um, they've always been persecuted. And in fact, the Iran-Iraq wars have led them to uh, continue to be persecuted. Mm. Um, but their uh, beliefs and practices are the same as the Essenes, mm. who are the tribe of Magdalene and Jeshua. And they, um, they're the same group, really. So scholars who wish to study the Essene ways look to Mandaism where they honor women as important. Mm. <laughs> um, they dress in white during ceremonies, water, baptism, and working with water is very important to them. And they also uh, celebrate John the Baptist as an important figure. Mm. So, um, so it's my belief that Mary Magdalene was of a royal family, um, highly likely to be a queen, perceived by many as a queen, um, and, uh, just in the same way that Jeshua was a king of a tribe, um, and also a high priestess in, uh, trained in the temples, which is why she was called a whore because some of them practice sacred sexuality. Um, and that's something that even people who practice Tantra, can't quite grasp because of the times we live in at the moment, but it's deeply, deeply sacred work. And, um, and it's very hard for, for people, um, not everybody, but for many people in our society to understand properly. Um, so, um, I feel Mary Magdalene, um, very much as a real person who I connect with, who talks with me, I see her sometimes, um, often she comes to me in different ways with different energies and different colors at different times. Often she comes to me, um, as a Persian woman. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, but like I say, everyone perceives her differently and it's, and there's no right, there's no right, no wrong. You know, it's, we're all unique and everything we each individually feel is right for us. So, but this is how I perceive her and, um, and experience her. Mm. And, uh, so also, um, I channel her as, yeah, as a real person and also as an energy. Um, so Mary Magdalene carried the energy when she comes to me, she carries the energy of Isis, um, mm. and Ishtar. Um, which is an ancient lineage of the goddess, which is in all tribes all over the world and in all cultures, um, you know, spanning back to sort of 20, 30,000 BC, where, where these Venus figurines have been found of that age. Um, and it's the same goddess. She just has different aspects and different names. Um, also, Aphrodite Venus is another name for her and her symbol is the rose and the ank. And so Mary Magdalene was trained to hold the light of that goddess. Mm. 
So we can connect to the goddess through um, through her different names, her different aspects, which hold different energies and different lights. And Mary Magdalene brings in this. She was just somebody who lived not so long ago, really, in the great, greater scheme of things. It was only 2,000 years ago. Mm. And um, she she's just somebody who holds that light and is really holding energy for all women at the moment to awaken to the truth of their divinity within. Um, so, yeah, that's how she comes through for me. <laughs> mm. That's beautiful. And it's... Yeah. And I know that uh, since you're also from England, there, you, you talked about the ley line, which is like power. <laughs> how, how do you say it? Like energetic uh, lines uh, where I, I see that th- there can be activations, healings. Uh, can you talk about more about this ley line that goes? Oh, I know. Yeah, it goes through Glastonbury, I think, right? Oh, okay. So you may, when I was mentioning the rose line where I birthed. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, um, a scholar on ley lines. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just an intuitive, but I, I, um, birthed on a ley line. Yeah. So Mm. the, the ley line I birthed on was, um, the Mary line, rose line. Mm. Um, and it runs through Dartmoor actually. Um, so, um, and I was on Dartmoor when I birthed in a really ancient, sacred little place, mm. uh, very remote. Um, so, um, but yeah, they're ley lines spanning all over the world and, and they're, they're like the meridians of the body, they're key energy lines. Mm. And, um, the church actually took, um, ownership and in all the sacred sites they built churches Mm. so the churches stand on ancient uh pagan sites and usually on places where the energy of ley lines meet or are super powerful Mm. so often you might get springs of water or um you know the energy is just super powerful there Mm. um so um there are many many ley lines in fact i live at the moment on a ley line which i realized realized is the magdalene line going through england um goes right through my garden by coincidence um and uh i also i built a i mean i work intuitively i've never studied it Mm. um but i built a crystal uh circle in my garden where i do a lot of ceremonies and um I, for some reason, I aligned it to the a line that goes through here, and this was intuitive. And then I looked it up and realised it was correct when I drew a, a line through it. But it connects to the line that goes through France, oh, and yeah. there's there's a, a very important ley line that runs through Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris is a really powerful. Um, vortex point if you like for mm. goddess energies um and that connects down to south of france which is where mary magdalene lived mm. um and there are two areas in the south of france that are super powerful places full of goddess energy and one is mm. is in provence where her caves are that she lived in mm. and Marie de la mer is in the camargue near to there 
where they arrived by boat in France. And there's an ancient pagan uh, site uh, dedicated to Isis there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, an, it's an old Artemis uh, site, worship site in Samarie de la Mer, and they built the church on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then further around the corner, you have the Long Dock, which is where I believe many people associate Lazarus, her brother, with mm. uh, Marseille, but I believe he was in um, the Long Dock, which is where Rennes-le-Château and um, Rennes-le-Ban and, you know, all these other super powerful places, mm. which is, of course, the land of the Cathars, um, who were the followers of Mary Magdalene. Um, until um, he really thrived in southern France and northern Italy. Um, and they followed the Magdalene ways, um, as did the Merengovian, uh kings and queens, mm. until um, Eleanor d'Aquitan uh, passed. And I sort of perceive her as a protector of the Magdalene ways. And after her death, uh, the church then had a mass genocide of anybody who was um, affiliated either with the Magdalene or of womb power. So that meant the Cathars were briefly murdered and wiped out through mass genocide, as were many, many women. I think it's three to 500 years that um, the genocide of women continued, you know, of women being burned alive, tortured and so on. Mm. Um, So, this happened for so long it's in it's in our dna it's, it happened to our ancestors and whether we're conscious of it or not and it's not really taught in in school so much um mm. but it's a part of us and it's a part of our legacy as women um which is why we all have so much healing to do to mm-hmm. reconnect with our divine womb and power without fear this time, with, with no need for fear anymore to be fully who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And it's, um, yeah, I think like the divine feminine is within everyone and that we are here as womb bearers, that we we have Come lovely yeah. yeah we have come yeah. here to to heal that and and it, uh, the the wounding is reflected usually in the womb as well so it's really important to to be in touch with this space uh i i, I talk about it a lot in my yoga classes and and uh, i think many of us are very disconnected to it but the healing is is so crucial that's why this work is going on because there's there is a need for change now so we break that that wounding that has been passed on for generations and lifetimes and it's and it's so interesting i i'm i'm usually a person who is i feel called to different places um and it's usually not until the the time that i'm there that i understand or maybe I've decided to go somewhere and then afterwards I see a clear purpose with that particular yes. place yeah. because that's how I felt with with Glastonbury in England uh, okay I've I, I've been to London because Stockholm is so close to London I've been there a few times in my life but I've I by synchronicity I ended up in in the southern 
uh, parts southwest of England. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just discovered um, Glastonbury, which I felt was so powerful, such a powerful place yeah. to be, and yeah. also the rest of that area is is beautiful. The and, whole of the southwest is yeah, powerful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like you go there and there's just calmness and peacefulness in in a, a very important way and since you've been talking about this south of france and that's actually mm. been a lot on my mind just the past week and i just okay. i think the past <laughs> few days i realized that uh, the places i'm looking into are exactly where it's connected to Mary Magdalene again. So okay. it's just like <laughs> yeah. repeating itself. <laughs> yeah, I lovely. Just, yeah. That's wonderful. And, and now yeah. you talk about it. So it's like, yeah, I have to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that whole area. And yeah. I think also it's nice to go to key places like Glastonbury or um, yeah. the case where Mary Magdalene live. They're mm. key places that stand out. But then, like you say, it's the whole area. Yeah. I found this beautiful place near Glastonbury, Dolcott, um, mm. which has a little spring on the edge of a road and because it's on they've built a road right through it no mm. one stops but it's incredibly powerful <laughs> and um and these springs are everywhere you know we can hunt them out and some of them are just forgotten about but so powerful yeah, yeah. there's so many places and we forget that these like nature is the ultimate healing places like we maybe think about going to uh, spas or, or like doing s things like that to get relaxation but when you go out to the to nature it's it's like ultimate healing and connecting mm. with a place and and just uh yeah i think especially for mm. sensitive people and intuitives it's really it's very strong like you can feel like if you're in a certain place uh the energy and vibration some places just don't feel good and some places feel mm. amazing and you can't explain why you're drawn to that place but that's yeah the and you have to listen to that yeah. yeah and we can know and it's the same with people and events and all sorts of things and we can there's one thing to feel that but it's another thing to really acknowledge how we feel mm. and I think that's part of this path of the sacred womb that women have always had this knowledge mm. but it's about really owning it now really like uh, dropping into feeling it and acting upon that and taking it a step further so we fully embody that inner knowing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. true. And, yeah. And talking about synchronicity, since since uh, uh, we connected, it's, it's interesting. Uh, your name is Ishtara, which is a name that you've taken on. And I told you that uh, regarding Ishtar, which is, uh, yeah, it's a goddess from the areas which my ancestors come from. And yes, um, yeah. I had this, it was, it was so crazy. It just really gave me a, a confirmation or a, like a reassurance that these things are real and that we, so, there's so much we can't explain with, with science. Mm. And I had this amazing experience with her uh, while doing my teacher training in Thailand and uh, I I saw this I saw everything that she how she's depicted in if you look at the old 
statues and and uh, how she's how she's described uh, i saw a lion i saw her wings i saw the eagle everything and uh, but i had no idea because i was not that i was not i had not remembered the goddess yet uh, in my life and uh, since uh, she hasn't been she's one of the oldest but she hasn't been spoken about as much as certain other goddesses uh, or mm. the aspects of the goddess um it was very strange that her name came to me in that in that state in that meditation or trance state that i was in yeah, so beautiful yeah and and it led me to to discover her in just just in that way and i think that really set everything off and I would like for you to talk about your experience with this energy and with Ishtar. Yeah. Um yeah, so I think there's like a I think maybe there's a bit of fear around Ishtar because mm. like you say she's not spoken about much mm. and I think people are afraid of her because she's so super powerful. <laughs> mm. And um I um was given her name by someone else many years mm. ago during a reiki treatment actually oh. and so i i wasn't sure because it had come through somebody else it hadn't come directly to me i wasn't sure if it was right or not initially mm. um and then in my yoga training i was given a different name mm. um but i was a bit disappointed <laughs> by that cuz mm. i felt this connection it started the connection with ishtar Mm. and um you know these things happen like you just said these things happen first and then the understanding comes later mm. and like you i just started sort of resonating with that energy mm. but didn't really understand much and um i still don't know that much about ishtar but for, mm. but what i understand for myself um through my own intuition my own intuition really and my own inner wisdom um and this is without not talking about anything i've read online or mm. um anything academic at all but uh my own feeling is that she is the she's just so deeply ancient mm. and um she it, she's before isis mm. and um she's super powerful mm. um and she she's in the deep darkest places which is why i think people are afraid of her mm. because she's um although she's purest of light she's also deep 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 in that uh deep within place mm. <laughs> you mm. know if that makes yeah. sense yeah. and um because she's so ancient and so um she is really hard for me to put it into words but she sort of holds the energy of this whole lineage of the rose um mm. and um and i feel that all the other goddesses have come from her mm. they're just um different aspects of her yeah. and um yeah it's quite hard to explain and holding her name has been a whole process for me from i mean i love my birth name is emma and i really love that and still use it as well mm. but holding and working under her name has um been a really sort of it's just been such an honor to hold that energy of ishtar because she's um purest light she cuts straight to it and i see her i think on my facebook I've, my image is a 
it's just white light, the white light, mm. white, uh, white light of Christ. Mm. And that's how I see Ishtar. She just comes out of the depths of, uh, <laughs> mm. of like the inner recesses with this bright light. Mm. And, um, I think she also, we talked about this path of truth and we have to go through the wounds. Mm. And I think this is why people are also slightly afraid of her because she is about facing the truth Mm -hmm. she's the warrior so we have to um you know i went through a real dark night of the soul when i first stepped on the magdalene path Mm -hmm. and uh, everything fell apart for me i lost my marriage and with that i sort of lost members of my family and uh friends and you know it it was a massive transition for me and it was a whole death it was so much death Mm -hmm. and um we have to obviously go through the death to rebirth. And I think this fear of Ishtar is because she cuts away, like Magdalena holding the skull of death and the mirror of reflection, Ishtar cuts away anything that is no longer true. So we um, we have to face ourselves. Mm. And sometimes when you step into that, people aren't always going to like, you or your energy (laughs) you know because you you hold that vessel of truth and um people aren't always ready for that and so through holding ishtar's energy and magdalena's it's like um one holds that um that energy of being true Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's just my experience of her without talking about her Mm. historical yeah you know, yeah and it's it's not very easy to find accurate um historical uh descriptions when it's so ancient and old so sometimes the the um, the, the texts that we read are very current uh, compared to the age and the yeah. ancientness yeah yeah, and a lot of um, goddess stuff, we have to remember, has been taken by the patriarchal, by other groups mm, yeah. and inverted. So yeah. Masons have used it a lot. And mm. so therefore that has also added to the fear of Ishtar because mm. um, some people <laughs> affiliate her with uh, negative, maybe Masonic or other groups. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, people are afraid of the number 13 or mm, um, yeah. other other beautiful, or the pentagram, beautiful goddess yeah. symbols which have been turned into um, th- things of fear, symbols of fear for a lot of people because they've been used negatively. But in the same way, these sacred sites have had churches built upon them. That's happened to all the symbols and the goddesses. Mm. So we have to strip things away and that's why we have to come away from books and the internet and so on and the research and we have yeah. to drop into ourselves and find how we perceive it and get away from all of that or all, all of the other judgments that are um highly likely to be false yeah yeah so true yeah and thank you so much <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how as a high priestess how do you work how do you because now you've been working with this for three years as you said and what what is your like daily work and what do you um, offer so my daily work is um well training women to be priestesses mm-hmm. so um i um do that online mm-hmm. um and 
uh, say um, it's just such it's just such a beautiful process, and um, I make audios and I share the audios with um, the people training, and um, then every single person has their own experience. Um, so of the same. Uh, goddess or journey and will perceive her and the journey differently and we work with different goddesses even though Mary is a Magdalene priestess training we work with all the goddesses Mm. Um, and um, and then each person will write to me their experiences or post their experiences in a private group and then I drop into each person individually Mm. and feedback um for them so everybody ends up on their own unique path Mm. so that's why it becomes your very personal path so I'm just the guide really um and you know one person will end up going into a path of the pearl and someone else will go on a completely different path somewhere else you know so um it's all unique and at the end of the year you sort of you would have accessed different past lives or memories or visions or goddesses or and everyone will be in a very different place but uh it brings together a lot of healing and interestingly the moment you intentionally step onto a path like that um everything in your outer life starts to reflect it so Mm. um and it might be good or or bad, you know, your marriage might fall apart, which is what Mm. happened to me, or, you know, everything will in your life that happens will reflect your inner process. It all becomes one sacred path that you're following for a year. So it's a very powerful process. And then the high priestess path takes you deeper. Mm. So for me as a high priestess, I'm spending my time guiding women online with that. And then, uh, when I'm not doing that, I, I try to be quite focused with my time online because otherwise mm. I could be on the computer too much. Mm. So I was have a set amount of hours that I give to um, the course each day, and then mm. after that I come away, and then the rest of the time I'm I'm either channeling through sort of other audios, moon audios. I do a full moon mm. uh, light transmission, and I make other light transmissions or or else I'm doing following my own path and I like to take time out for myself and my own spiritual journey, of course, as well. Mm. So, you know, I'll go off and do a, a journey or, um, you know, um, it's nice to work with other people one-to-one because I do so much online. Mm. Um, and I live in uh, a remote place. So it's nice to get out and see people as well, mm. <laughs> um, you know, and work in that way physically with people. Um, so, and then I have children as well. Mm. So that keeps me really, really grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do the school pickups and so on. So mm. that's really fantastic because it keeps, it, I think I always say sanity is a foot in both worlds. And so it means I can, you know, it keeps me earthed and in the, in the material world. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's just a wonderful process and I feel really honored to be doing this work. Yeah. Mm. And I know that also uh, in the training, you follow the eight different Sabbaths over the year. So you follow that wheel of the year, yeah. which is, mm. yeah. Um, and and the, the training will start next year for people who are interested. Yeah, so the training 
2020 I think it's going to start in July now which mm. will is time so it was meant to be spring but I think it's going to be July so it's time that we finish um on summer solstice 21 mm. which is a really special yeah. and then I'm um I've now started offering retreats as well in mm. Provence so I'm doing my first one this spring Mm. and I think just think it's really lovely if it's not it's not a part of the course you don't have to do it so it's absolutely mm. fine if you can't do that but um for those who are drawn to it, it's just a lovely thing at the end of the year to actually get initiation in the cave of Mary mm. Magdalene yeah. yeah um so I've started doing that and I'm also really drawn I used to live in Italy and I'm really drawn to going back to Italy because I feel mm. like there's a lot to be explored there with Magdalene goddess stuff there's a lot of powerful energy going on in Italy too so um yeah (laughs) yeah so so looking I might run a retreat in Italy as well um Mm. so yeah it's it's just wonderful (laughs) to do all of this yeah that's amazing and uh you've written books I've just purchased the Mary Magdalene the way of the rose which I'm gonna read during the holidays and my journey yeah it's lovely yeah and and i will also link uh your website uh into the podcast uh, show notes of course fantastic yeah, yeah. and it, and one of the main things i offer actually the light transmissions yeah. which is super powerful mm. um and so people who don't want to do the course um but just want to buy the odd thing or you know some of them are free actually on youtube but mm. they're very raw and simple and um but that some of them are just really super powerful because there's a very strong energy coming through them. Mm. Um so they can be listened to once and set up as a ceremony or you can you know do them regularly and um you know so you make them you listen to them in the way that you want to but yeah they're mm. they're really powerful healing tools so mm. really highly recommend those <laughs> yeah i can link yeah. directly to that page as well on your website lovely uh, yeah so people and and your youtube uh page as well so people can find you because i think it's very interesting and i think you will reach out to to a lot of people uh that are looking for the same thing yeah lovely yeah 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 i was just gonna say i have a moon temple which is wonderful and um that's it i just do a light transmission each full moon Mm. and it's only eight pounds but again it's it's a lovely the energy comes through the audio so yeah, yeah really yeah really really lovely 12 12 it's the next one which yeah is the gemini full moon that's gonna yeah. be powerful yeah that's amazing yeah. and is there anything else that you want to share uh, things that you offer or anything final that you want to share with the listeners Wow. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think we've discussed quite a lot, haven't we? Yeah. And, and um, I think the most important thing for those who are on the goddess path or new to the goddess path is about making it your own and um, and listening to yourself. And that's what this is all about. It's about dropping within and you are you become your own teacher and you make your direct contact with the goddesses through what is right for you mm. rather than looking without it's all about starting going to go within mm. and I think that's really important yeah, yeah. Um, and also I just really like to say that Mary Magdalene 
whenever her key message really is that of self-love, which which sort of expands on that a bit, which is mm. about having absolute faith and belief in yourself. And she always says to me, you know, you don't need to go out and do all these things. No one, although it's wonderful to do these things and people are doing some amazing things in the world to change the world. Actually, the, the key thing that will change the world is just sitting in meditation and dropping into self-worth and self-love. Mm. And if everybody is feeling that, and vibrating that resonance then it can create um what i call a zeitgeist you know mm. an energy mm. for the world which is deeply transformative for the collective and the most powerful thing we can do that's the key message of magdalena really mm. and it's super important just to um to know that that self-loving is is all that matters mm. in anything that you want to create or do in the everyday life mm. that is the top of the list <laughs> yeah. yeah so beautiful thank you so much i'm so grateful for your energy and everything that you've shared and i yeah i thank you so much for taking the time it's lovely to connect with you shireen it's really really nice yes and thank i'm looking you. forward to more conversations Thank you so much for listening. I'm really grateful for your energy and time. And I hope that this episode helps you on your journey and to understand everything much deeper and to see if this is a path that is for you and how you can connect to Mary Magdalene as a guide or as a light that you can get healing from so if you leave a review just send me a screenshot and I will do an oracle card reading for you let's take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth namaste